My alarm went off this morning at 4.15. Uh, and I, I wish I could say I, I bounced out of bed and said, yay, Easter, happy Jesus day. Like, I wish I could say I was just ready to go, but honestly, I was like, ugh, do I have to get up right now? And uh, so I, I grabbed my phone, and I was like, well, I'll check Facebook. I wish I'd be like, man, I worshiped God first. I read my Bible, but that's not the truth. The truth is the first thing I did this morning was look at Facebook to try to help me wake up. And as I'm scrolling through Facebook, I saw two things that were awesome that I want to share with you this morning. First of all, I have a buddy uh, who, him and his wife are, are missionaries in, in a Muslim area of the world. And I'm in a private, closed Facebook group where they update us on what's going on. And so I can't even share their names. I can't share where they're at. He said, this has got to stay here. So I'm going to be super, super, super generic, but it's so cool. I got to tell you a little bit about it. Um, he got an email this morning uh, from the neighbor. They've got some neighbors who just moved in uh, from another Muslim country. And they've been reaching out to him and trying to build a relationship with him. And so he said, I got an email this morning from my neighbor. And he said, happy Easter. And he said, I'm a Muslim. I don't know if I'm really supposed to say that. But I feel like I'm supposed to celebrate Easter this year. So I've been doing research online about Easter. Do you guys have any time this evening where you could come over and have some tea with us or some coffee with us and tell us what Easter is all about? And so right now, perhaps even, because they're about eight hours ahead of us, they're sitting down over some coffee or over some tea and sharing the story of the gospel with this family that is far from God. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. What I, what I told the team this morning is, is, is Easter is not a better day than any other day because he, he's worth celebrating just as much any other day as he is today. The amazing thing about Easter, though, is that sometimes Easter draws people that aren't drawn on any other day. Something about that day of remembering, and, and here we have this family that's far from God, that's hearing the gospel, maybe for the very first time in their lives, finding out that Jesus came to die for them and to save them. Then I'm also in a couple other Facebook groups with some missionaries, uh, and we've got some missionaries that we support here at City Church named John and Kelly Williford, and they posted some stuff, and I can share this with you. You can go ahead and put them up. They're, they're in the Philippines, and so this was the nine hours before I was up at 4.15. Uh, and it says Easter sunrise service, 5 a.m. Time to celebrate. Jesus is alive. They've got they run a, an orphanage uh, called the Happy Children's or Happy Horizons Children's Ranch uh, in the Philippines, where they, they take in these street kids and these kids that have been taken into sex trafficking, and they rescue them out of it. And here they are, 9, 5 a.m. in the Philippines celebrating Jesus. Why do I share that with you? Well, uh, we got a, actually a closer, yeah, there it is, closer version of that. That's John. John is a faithful listener to the City Church podcast, by the way. So what's up, John? John, happy Easter to you when you get a chance to listen to this. Uh, we actually had a chance this past week, thanks to your giving and your generosity, we were able to take our, our support of John and Kelly from $50 a month to $150 a month. Uh, and we did that for a couple of our other missionaries as well. So thank you for being a part of blessing kids on the other side of the world. Why do I love Easter? Because we're part of a bigger team. We're part of a bigger family, and God is moving in Muslim parts of the world, in Hindu parts of the world, in Buddhist parts of the world, in atheist parts of the world, and even right here in DeSoto County. God is moving. Amen? Amen. I told you to turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to talk about Easter for a few minutes. And first, we're going to start with the story. We're not going to bury the lead. So in Luke chapter 24, this was Sunday morning 2,000 years ago. It says, it was very early in the morning on the first day of the week. 
the woman took the spices they had prepared. They went to the tomb. So there was some women who followed Jesus, who loved Jesus, who went to the tomb to, to adorn his body. There was uh, rituals that the Jews went through with the, with the dead body to prepare the body. And they were going to be a part of that. So they went to the tomb in verse 2. It says, they found the stone rolled away from it. When they entered the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. You ever went somewhere expecting to find something and it wasn't there? Maybe your keys, maybe your wallet, maybe your kid. Uh, but, but when you show up and something's not right, man, it throws you off. It's disorienting, right? So they show up and the stone's gone. And so their first response is not celebration. Their first response is not, yes, Jesus is alive. Their first response is, oh, no, what went wrong? What have they done to him? Verse 4 says they were wondering about this. Suddenly two men in clothes as bright as lightning stood beside them. The women were terrified. They bowed down with their faces to the ground. Then the meds said to them, I love this. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus is not here. He has risen. Can we celebrate that, church? Jesus is not here. He has risen. And then the angel says this. It says, remember how he told you he would rise. It was while he was still with you in Galilee. One of my favorite things about Jesus is he's a promise keeper. When Jesus says he's going to rise, guess what? Jesus is going to rise. When Jesus says he can save, guess what? He can save. When Jesus says, I'll forgive all your sins, not just some of your sins. I'll take all your shame, not just some of your shame. Guess what? He keeps his promise. He says, remember how he told you he would rise. Verse 7, it said, the son of man must be handed over to sinful people. He must be nailed to a cross. On the third day, he will rise from the dead. Then the women remembered Jesus' words. You know, sometimes we just need to be reminded about Jesus' words. You know, sometimes there's some things Jesus has said, and life happens, and circumstances go on, and we forget, and we just need somebody to show up. You know what angel literally means? Angel means messenger. Sometimes we just need an angel. We just need a messenger to show up and remind us of something Jesus said that applies to our situation, something to encourage us today. So for Easter this year, we're kicking off a brand new series here at City Church, four-week series. We're going to call it Mission. We're going to talk about this one word, Mission. We usually think of mission in one of two ways. We either think, Tom Cruise, your mission, if you choose to accept it, right? Like we think, I'm not going to sing. Uh, but, but we think like Mission Impossible. We think some, some daring spy thing is going on. Um, I'm old enough that I actually remember the TV show before the movies. Date myself here a little bit. Uh, but we think of mission in that way, or we think of kind of what we've already talked about. We think of a missionary, someone who has been sent. Someone who's out in a jungle somewhere, living in a hut somewhere, most of the time is how we picture it. But for us, the word mission isn't just about what a few Christians do to take the gospel around the world, though we should celebrate that and partake in that and support them and pray for them and perhaps even go ourselves. It's not even about how all of us have a mission in our own community, in our own homes, in our own situations, although we're going to talk about that as we go on in the series. But for us as Christ followers, everything begins and ends with Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself said it this way in the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation twenty-two thirteen. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's at the beginning. He's at the end. He's the first. Everything starts with him. Everything ends with him. So did you know that mission 
actually starts with Jesus. Mission doesn't start with us. Mission doesn't start with the church. Mission doesn't start with somebody giving you a phone call with a spy mission. Mission starts with Jesus. So write this down if you haven't already. Mission begins and ends with Jesus. Jesus was the first missionary, the ultimate missionary. In fact, that's what Easter really is all about. We don't usually think of Easter as missionary-oriented, but that's what it is because a missionary literally means sent one. A missionary is one who is sent, and Jesus was sent to the world on a mission. So what I want to talk to you about today for the next 15, 20 minutes is Jesus' mission, the mission of Jesus. Why did Jesus come? Jesus was the first missionary, the first sent one. John 21, 21, Jesus says this. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, most of the time we read that verse and we're thinking about how we're being sent, and that's a huge application of it. But I want to draw you to the the first part of that. He says, as the Father has sent me. You think about that when it comes to Easter? Why did all this happen? Because the Father sent Jesus. Jesus was being sent. He was being obedient. He was being submissive. He was following orders. He came from the Father. The most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, most of us could probably quote it, right? So, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The very next verse, do you know what it says? It says, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Why did Jesus come? Why was Jesus sent? Not to bring us condemnation, not to bring us shame, not to put us down, not to show us how much better God is than us. Jesus was sent into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Maybe you're here today and you're under some condemnation. Maybe it's the first time you've been inside a church in a long time. And there's a voice inside that says, you don't even deserve to be here. You know what you did last week. You know what you did last night? You know what you thought this morning when your alarm clock went off. Well, I had some bad thoughts when my alarm clock went off too. But you know what? God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send us here to put us down. He didn't send us here to shame us. He sent Jesus to save the world through him. Jesus was sent by the Father. There's a theological term for this that Bible scholars use. It's a Latin term. It's missio dei. Missio Dei, the mission of God. Jesus was sent with the Missio Dei, with the mission of God. God had a mission, a purpose, something he wanted to accomplish. And and you probably know the story, right? Jesus came, he was born, he lived 33 years of this sinless life. He died on a cross, he was buried, he raised again on Easter Sunday. Whether you believe that this morning or not, you're probably familiar with it. Almost all of us in America are, perhaps unlike our Muslim friends who are sitting down with our, my, my friend today, finding out that story. Most of us probably know it. So it's not really for us a question of what is the story. For us, it's more a question of why does the story matter? How does the story impact my life? What does this have to do With me, why did it all happen? Why would the Father send Jesus? Why would Jesus come? Why did an innocent man go through all this pain, all this trauma, all this suffering? Why does it matter? So we'll simplify that phrase today down into two words. Why Easter? I want to answer that question for you today. Why 
Easter? And I want to give you three answers. That's not all the answers. The Bible has a, a large list. In fact, John Piper wrote a book, 55 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die. We're not going to do 55 reasons today. Well, I'll give you three. Three reasons why Easter. Three reasons why this happened. Number one reason is this, because God had a vision. God had a vision of what creation was supposed to be. If we go all the way back, we just read from the last chapter in the Bible. If we go all the way back to the first chapter in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. You know what it says is the first chapter of the Bible ends as the story of creation is completed. God has just created mankind on day 6. And he looks down in verse 31 and it says, God saw everything he had made and it was very Good. Now, if you know the story, you know, as he did the first five days of creation, he looked down and he said it was good. But on day six of creation, man was there. His, his cherry on top of his creation, the ultimate reflection of his glory in the earth. The one that he said, I want you to carry my, my image. I want you to be an image bearer of me. I want you to be the one that represents me. He looks down and he says it was very good. There was evening and there was morning. It was day Six. So God had this vision of a very good world. You know, a lot of times we have these questions about why is there suffering? Why is there pain? Why did grandma have to die? Why am I going through this situation? I've got some really good friends who are going through some pretty difficult circumstances right now. And you probably do too, if you're not going through difficult circumstances yourself. A lot of times we ask these questions, why? And it's important to remember this. This isn't the way that God set out for it to be. When God created it, when God started it, when he initiated creation and he looked down at the end of what he has done, it was good. It wasn't until sin entered the world that it was not so good. Sometimes we can look around and be honest and say, man, this world is not very good, right? Man, sometimes we can say this world is very jacked. This world is very painful. This world is very broken. But that was not God's initial design. God had a vision. And so the second reason why Easter is because, yes, God had a vision and he had Easter to restore that vision. But number two reason is because sin is powerful. Sin is powerful. Sin came into the world two chapters later in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve sinned and we were passed on that sin in our DNA. We've all received it. We have a sinful nature. So it doesn't just mean sin is not just something that we do. Sin is actually inherent to who we are. And sin is powerful, and maybe you're familiar with the verses, but Romans 3.23 says this. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you would, just, just say, that's me. Right? We're all in that boat. For all have sinned. We just sang about it. Dwindle brought attention to it, that, that he died for 8 billion, right? And that's a little bit of an exaggeration. It's between 7 and 8 billion right now, but the, the songwriter's not going so much for accuracy. It's for poeticness. One day it'll be 8 billion, but, but he died for all of us. Right, he died to pay the price of our sin. Why? Because sin is powerful. Because all of us have sinned. And then Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, so all of us are condemned to die. All of us are destined to die. Why? Because we're separated from God. That's what sin does. God can't have any sin in his presence. He's a holy God. And so I can't be there with sin. You can't be there with sin. So why Easter? Because sin is powerful. God had to send a sacrifice. He had to send someone to stand in our place. So the third reason why Easter. First, God had a vision. Secondly, because sin is so powerful. But third, it's because you matter to God. In fact, would you do this? Would you help me preach this Easter Sunday sermon today? Would you look at the person next to you and say, you matter to God? Then look at the person on the other side and say, I matter to God. 
Puff your chest out a little bit on that one. I'm important. I matter to God, right? Why did Jesus come? Because you matter to God. Because God had a plan to save you because you matter to him. We referenced already the most famous verse in the Bible, but I want to read it to you and put it on the screen so you can actually see it just in case you're not familiar. It says this, for God so loved the world that he sent, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here's what I want to do today. I'm going to do something that some people might say is blasphemy, but I think it's pretty powerful, and I think it's absolutely biblical. We're going to put up another slide with that verse, but it's going to look a little different. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your name in there. For God so loved Kathy that God sent his one and only son. For God so loved Spencer that he sent his one and only son. For God so loved Emma. For God so loved Mikkel. For God so loved Stephanie. For God so loved Pastor Troy, right? It wasn't Pastor Troy, it was just Troy. For God so loved Troy that he sent his one and only son. For God so loved you that he sent his one and only son. Yes, he loves the world. Yes, he loves us all. But I believe with all my heart, if it was just you, he'd have done the same thing. Because he loves you. Why? Because you matter to God. Jesus summed up his own mission like this. He said, for the son of man, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Why Easter? Because Jesus is a missionary. He was sent on a mission to do what? To do two things. To seek you. That means he's, he's finding you. He's looking for you. That means that he's after something specific. He's finding you buried under all that sin, under all that shame, under all that guilt, under all that junk. He's looking for you. But he's not just looking for you. He's going to save you. He wants to save you. Why Easter? Why did God come? Why did Jesus come? Why did he have to die? Why do we go through all this? Why do we celebrate this year after year? Why do you get dragged to church every Easter by that grandma or that cousin or that person who loves you so much that they make you come to church on Easter? Why? Because God had a vision. What was that vision? It was a vision of a restored humanity. You know the word repent actually literally means is it's two root words. It's re and it's pent. Pent is, is the root word that we get the word penthouse from. A penthouse is, is the highest level in a hotel, right? The highest level in an apartment. It's the highest place. And repent means to return to the highest level, to restore you to the highest place. What did Jesus come to do? He came to restore us to a place where it's very good. It's very good. Now, all of that doesn't happen immediately. There's still some saving that he's doing. And there's a final day that will come when he returns. And it will be very good again. In the meantime, we can't have the whole world very good. He's just working on us. He came to restore you to a place where it would be very good. So why Easter? Because God had a vision. Why Easter? Because sin is powerful. It weighs on us. It separates us from God. It hurts us and it condemns us to die. And we can't fix our own sin. I'm not good enough to do it. You're not good enough to do it. Billy Graham couldn't fix his own sin. Your, your grandmother, who's been praying for you as long as you've been alive, that you think is the perfect person in the world, she couldn't fix her own sin. The only one who could was Jesus. So why Easter? Because sin is powerful. Why Easter? Because God loves you and you matter to him. You matter. You matter. You matter. You matter. You may not think it today. You may not realize it today. I, 
I had lunch on Wednesday with a buddy of mine who's getting baptized this Wednesday night. And as I sat there talking to my friend who had spent 12 years as an atheist, he told me his whole story. He said, man, when my grandmother died, that's when I pushed away from God. He might have said grandfather, one of the two. Uh, but his grandparent died. And he said, that's when, that's when I turned away. And I said, there's no way there's a God who would allow this to happen. He spent 12 years as an atheist, and he got saved, I mean, radically crazy saved last week. And we sat down, and he had lunch, and, and he shared his story with me. And he said this. He said, the hardest part for me is feeling like I'm worth it. It's feeling like I deserve it because I've said some terrible things. So I've done some awful things. Man, it, it's so hard for me to feel like I'm worth it. And I looked at him, and I said, dude, you're not, and neither am I, but he did it anyway, because you matter to him. He says you're worth it. I don't feel like it. I don't think it, and I don't know that I would go through that for you, buddy, but Jesus did, because you're worth it to him, and that's what matters. That's what's important, so he's, man, he's on fire. He's pumped up. He's like, can, can I tell people what God did Wednesday? I'm like, yes, you better. So you better be here. Why Easter? God had a vision to restore us to a place where it's very good. Why Easter? Because sin is powerful and it separates us from God. There had to be something to pay that price. Why Easter? Because you matter to God. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you that we matter to you. God, I thank you for the very simple story of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God, let that never become old or cold or cliche. Let us never take it for granted. God, this is the truth of the most important truth in the history of the world. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being a missionary who came from me to seek and to save me. God, I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice right now. God, for everyone who may listen on the podcast. God, for everyone who's a part of this. I thank you that you came to seek them and to save them, Jesus. And so we ask today, God, if there's anybody here who's far from you, anybody here who has not yet experienced what you've done for them, God, that allowed your sacrifice to cover their sin and to make them right with you. God, I ask that you don't let them get out of here without making that decision, without yielding to your lordship and saying, I want everything you have for me. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, very simple question for you as we get ready to wrap up. Do you need Jesus? What better day to give your life to Jesus than Easter Sunday? Man, they're celebrating him in the Philippines. They're celebrating him in Muslim areas of the world. We're celebrating him right here. What a cool day to give your life to Jesus. If you're here today, you need to do that. You're far from him. You need to turn to him. The Bible says simply this in Romans 10, 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Two things. So in just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I I just want to give you a chance to say, I need to pray a prayer. And if you do that, we're going to confess him as Lord. That means he's in control. That means he's king. That means he's the most important one. And if you do that, he'll save you. He'll set you free. He'll pay the price for your sins. He'll send his spirit to live in you and give you that abundant life that Dwindle talked about earlier. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to give your life to Jesus today, would you slip up your hand? 